the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money invested in more. My goal of the show is to get you to retirement. My goal of the show is to educate you in hopefully an entertaining way that you don't hate it. What do I mean by that? It's all very, very good questions, don't you think? A lot of people have different approaches to living in the world. Some people are conservative. Some people are liberal. Some people like to think stocks are the best investment. Some people think real estate's the best investment. Some people start late saving and they take on more risk and they don't think they're risk takers, but they they become risk takers. One of the areas that I don't talk a lot about is asset classes. I used to talk more about it and then I kind of thought you kind of got educated, but I keep forgetting there's always going to be new listeners and things. You can get rich by buying stocks, bonds or real estate. I like to do a little bit of all. Uh, truth be told, I don't like bonds right now. I haven't liked bonds in an interest rate under t- under three and a half percent, but that doesn't mean we won't ever go back there. I want my bonds to basically beat inflation for me or keep it pretty darn close. I don't want my money ever in cash. Cash is worse than bonds to me, but cash is an asset class too. Same with baseball cards. Um. And it still stuns me. Every now and then you're like, LeBron James rookie baseball card, or, you know, his collectible card, or whatever you want to call him, player card. His, his, he's new. He's not like, it's Ty Cobb. Look at this beauty from 1908. <laughs> it, it has happened in your lifetime. You can get, make money in these alternative asset classes. One area that we never talk about is art. And I think we should. I don't want most of you to listen to me until you're wealthy. I think you should buy a little bit of stocks and indexes. You should have a good career. You should boost your career earnings. But you shouldn't really get too complicated with investing. But people are going to do it. Um, I like a good art museum. And they're getting hit hard right now. And it got me interested in to think about like, okay, I wonder if artists are getting hit. I wonder if the works of the, the classics, uh, the greatest of all time, I wonder if their value is going down. Now, if you're in blue chip art, you have an investment in something that's a little bit different than, well, again, I, I guess there's different ways with that. Some people remember when marijuana stocks were a rage. In Y2K, there was Y2K stocks. In COVID, you certainly could see pandemic stocks, right? We're learning a lot about investing in different forms. But blue chip is something that, blue chip art, excuse me, something that's been around for centuries. And I don't know if you know it, but art's a pretty good investment, all things considered. 
if you know how to pick the masters, do you know the a difference between a Banksy and a banana? It's a pretty big difference. Um, there's actually a way that you can get investing into art without having to go out and buy a full-on $25 million painting. One of the problems is there's a lot of people on the wait list to buy art. So you have to have money, and then you're competing with people who have money, and it becomes a little bit hard to get it on the, the masterwork, so to speak. Multi-million dollar artwork has been the cornerstone of investing for the ultra-wealthy for a long time. Paintings are expensive to acquire, and the art market is hit by high fees and lack of transparency. It's very, very frustrating. You ever watch that show on PBS where someone has a a painting and they're like, I think it's a Rembrandt. And the person starts to appraise it and it's like, well, here's the thing. They made about 100,000 of these. They're copied, but they're good copies. And, you know, the guy thinks he's got something worth 25 million. It's not being worth 6,000, but it's been in his attic for years. So he doesn't even know that it's appreciated from 1,000 bucks to 6,000 bucks as a good copy. Blue chip artwork is defined as paintings by the top 100 artists. There's blue chip stocks. So there's blue chip tech stocks too, right? Apple is a way better play than Qualcomm only because we think it is. It's that it's got that blue chip feel to it. They're both 5G plays, right? But one has more of a status. So if you got into art in January of 2000, this is in your lifetime, and you flash forward 20 years, you beat the S&P 500 by more than 250% in blue chip art. And it only declined 26% from its highs in 2008, 2009. Now, I give Wall Street a lot of credit because I can't buy blue chip art. I don't have an extra $25 million laying around. And I, I, I trust myself to know the difference between Warhol, Keith Haring, Agnes Martin, Marth Rothko, Alexander Calder, uh, Basquiat, Godlieb, Joan Mitchell. Um, what's interesting, if you take a look at like Andy Warhol, his art has historically gone up 12.1% per year. Now, Chad and I, CFP Chad Berger and myself, we'll talk about the market. Oh, the market averages 7, 10% per year, 7% plus dividends, blah, 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 blah. Andy Warhol's averaged 12. Rothko's averaged 13% on his paintings. Keith Haring, 12.6%. George Kondo, 22.6%. So now, again, appreciation is defined in a formula, so be careful that you're not saying, well, Rob said this. Traditional art investments target a three- to seven-year hold. Um, so when you buy it, you buy it kind, of, kind of in a shorter time period than you may buy stocks. And you're buying it on a secondary market, and hopefully you're selling it to someone three to seven years down the road. I find the world of art kind of fun to look at. Um, now they're starting to come in some ways for you to buy it. For the first time ever, masterworks are allowing anyone to purchase fractional interest in great works of art. So now we're starting to come up with ways of using the internet to lower costs. 
so that you don't have to go to a Sotheby's. So you don't have to pay the high markups, the high commissions. There's actually going to be a security designed that's coming out very shortly that allows you to invest in art. And they go out and purchase it for you. And you own a fraction of it. Maybe if there's a million shares in the ETF, you'll own one one millionth if you own one share. Investing in art is an amazing opportunity, especially for someone who has always wanted to become involved or more involved in the art world. Um, so ETFs now are starting to go after investing in art. And, and I think it's quite interesting. Because I started this by saying it's really for only for wealthy people. But it's not. Again, there's going to be ETFs for um, electric vehicles. There's going to be ETFs for hydrogen power. There's going to be ETFs, funds that are focusing on what millennials want. Millennials say, hey, we want to invest in art. Someone will come up and, and figure out a way to deliver that product to you. I like the idea. I like the lower costs. I like the diversification. Still, you know, it's going to depend on portfolio to portfolio. But you can own a Banksy. Go look up Banksy today. I think you'll like his art. It'll give you a little bit of a break from COVID. Banksy, artist. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. What would be one of the hottest investments of the year, would you guess? How about Lysol? Lysol sales are up 70% in the first half of the year just in North America. Demand has been so strong for professionals and consumers. Companies like Hilton, Avis, Delta say, give us everything you can give us. Individuals are going to the stores and saying, well, it doesn't say I can only buy one, so I'm going to buy 45 of them. We were adapting new behaviors that if you spray Lysol, it kills COVID. Therefore, yay, we're alive. Um, so cleaning brands are doing very well, right? Hand gels are seeing high single-digit sales growth, where they used to see kind of like sideways to slightly up. So brands are being pitched in new ways to be, you know, COVID destroyers. Who would have thought that something as boring as Lysol, something as old as bleach, bleach is one of those miracle things that has saved lives because you can purify water with it. And there's so many uses for bleach other than getting your clothes nice and white. Who would have thought that such an old substance would have such a nice day? I just throw that out there because I think that's a nice story. If you think about it in that kind of way, something is old, like you don't have to go out and find the cutting edge anything. Now, cutting edge, AstraZeneca, you've probably heard of them during COVID. If you haven't heard of them before, they're a big pharmaceutical company. They're going to pay up to $6 billion to buy Japan's Sankyo. Um it basically, they're going after an oncology drug, a cancer treatment. AstraZeneca, big old UK company, British drug maker. 
they want to bolster their their cancer portfolios right now. It's a weird thing to say out loud, is it not? I'm going to invest in cancer therapies. Like, it just sounds odd. But AstraZeneca said it's going to make a staggered upfront payment totaling about a billion dollars for a Japanese company. And again, it's a nice reminder that some things are happening out there other than COVID and politics. I like seeing deals. We're in earnings season and a company's looking around at another company. AstraZeneca's going, you know what? We got a couple billion dollars. What would we like to buy? That's a good sign. Now, do they get regulatory? Do they get sales, you know, regulatory approval? Do they have sales achievements that have to be met on drug uh, endpoints? But I kind of like the idea of another cancer drug being developed. When I was a young, young, young man, oh, one day there'll be a cure for cancer. Still not there, right? More treatments for sure. And you certainly have a longer life with cancer than you used to. AstraZeneca said the drug could bring a billion dollars more in annual sales. It's going heavily after fighting breast cancer and other cancers that commonly kind of express a certain um, genetic so they're trying to develop, you know, antibodies. And we, I, I bring this up. Again, it's nice to see companies look around and, and spending their money. It reminds you that maybe you should be buying companies. Maybe not to take over. You know, AstraZeneca is going to take over the scientists. AstraZeneca is going to roll the drugs in their business model. But I, I like it. A little bit of action out there. Um, hedge funds are seeing their fees fall. Hedge funds used to be products that were for you know established investors, accredited investors. You had to have a million dollars of assets. I don't know whoever came up with the idea that accredited equals one million, and did it adjust for inflation? No, that seemed odd. But uh, hedge funds are seeing their their business model come down. If Robinhood could take commissions out of brokerage fees. I, I think hedge funds have to see their fees come down. I think real estate agents are going to have to see their funds fees come down. Not as much, not as fast as we want, but they're coming down, in my opinion. Today's a funky day on Wall Street. You got very defensive-oriented sectors outperforming. Earnings reports are coming in, and they're they're on the mix side. Um, again, the second quarter earnings, it's going to be kind of a to tell the truth. McDonald's, how did you do? JetBlue, how did you do? 3M, how did you do? So uh, later this week, we're going to start getting into some of the big tech companies. And if you've never listened to a conference call, I really, really recommend you do one in your life. So you'll learn an enormous amount. For instance, I'm looking over, um, wow, it's just uh, a little breaking news. Four more players have tested positive for the Marlins. Just throwing that out to you. That's going to be a test case and reopen. Now, the NBA is going to say, no, 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 we're not them. We have a bubble. The NFL is going to be like, oh, no, 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 we're not them. We, we've got a better plan. But what happens if a whole team gets ravaged by – what if the Yankees and the Dodgers are getting prepared to play the World Series and the team gets ravaged by COVID and can't play? It, it's bringing up, did we open too soon? Do we shut back down? Do we not shut down? So Fox News is reporting that 
four more Marlin players have tested positive. Big test going on in Major League Baseball and the reopening of the economy. Microsoft and MasterCard have announced a collaboration into a cloud-native research and development activities enabled by Azure. Microsoft is milking this right now. They, I don't want to say that they love COVID, but da, 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 Microsoft is benefiting from it as there's a big shift to big-scale new solutions on the cloud. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Consumer confidence is fading. Conference board is one of those government quasi-entities that calls people up and says, hey, you got confidence? Are you going to be hired this month, next month, next year? Are you going to be invested in equipment this month, next month, next year? And the confidence is pulling back. Confidence is important. Um, again, it's not going to be the end all be all, but it's if you feel good, you're you're more likely to make babies. If you feel good, you're more likely to go on vacation. If you feel good, you're more likely to buy a new car. McDonald's is seeing a modest bit of selling today. Um, a little bit of disappointment in comp numbers. McDonald's just came out with earnings this morning. They provided a encouraging intraquarter update. Um. So they've been pretty honest about communicating with us. So we weren't surprised. Breakfast is a big, uh, a huge laggard for them. People aren't going, they're not driving to work. They're not driving to school. That's an area where we go to McDonald's for breakfast, hit the drive through grab a McMuffin and be done with it. Throw some calories in your belly and call it a day. McDonald's is limited. It's all day breakfast for now, which was actually a positive for them. They've got a very limited menu. Um, they have no salads, for instance. So they're managing through COVID, and we listen to the conference call, and we decide do we want to keep them or not kind of thing. That's what I'm getting at. It wasn't a great quarter for McDonald's. They had an earnings per share mess. Wendy's reports next week so we can give a comparable. It's kind of a restaurant where we're escaping to because it has drive through but not sit down. You, get, you can see the trends. I'm Rob Black, talk on all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Trying to put some perspective. I don't think this economy is a V-shape. I think the stock market has been a V-shape. Not the economy is dealing with two things, a lot of stimulus and a lot of COVID issues, right? And I don't think they reconcile each other. I don't think they, they play out. It's like gold's going higher, but big tech stocks are going higher. That doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to work that way. One of the areas that why I think we're going to be lumpy is stories like Spain. They're having problems with COVID again. So yesterday I saw all the travel stocks in Europe take a hit. We didn't talk about it here. It wasn't a sexy enough story. It doesn't directly affect you or Christmas or the holiday travel season because it's, it's Spain. But I assure you, a lot of 18 to 35-year-olds in America want to go to Spain for the holidays. They want to get out. They want to travel. They want to see the world. They want to, you know, international community again. And the UK's government said, okay, no travel to Spain. It's too much of a hot spot. 
UK abruptly put Spain back on an unsafe travel list. They've seen a big push of COVID-19 cases in parts of the country. Norway's imposed a quarantine on any Spain vacationers. Spain's got a lot of lovely coast, a lot of lovely coast. Uh, France and Belgium urge travelers to avoid beaches in Catalonia. So that little story, just it sent all the airlines, British Airways, Ryanair. It hit the cruise companies because the cruise lines vacation in the Mediterranean, which Spain happens to be smack right there. Carnival and intercontinental um, con- uh, I'm sorry, Carnival Cruise Lines and Intercontinental Hotels. For some reason, every now and then when I think of Intercontinental Hotels, I think of John Wick. And I don't know why. But anything that's tied towards holidays and vacations in Spain has gotten hit. And I just don't think we reopen. The, the fresh outbreaks are freaking people out and travel doesn't look great. Do I want to go to the Canary Islands? Sure. Post-COVID, consumer travel confidence is waning right now. Um, it'll ebb and it'll flow. And in the end, you know, after 9-11, it took years to get back to pre-9-11 um, air traffic. Same thing's going to happen here. It's going to take, I've seen some estimates of up to five years to get back to 2019 levels that we've lost in 2020. Isn't it weird? It's like 2020 is halfway over. So now it's going to become a big economic data point for the years to come. Uh, marijuana is still out in the world of the news and how it's selling and how it's not selling. So state budgets are stressed. Education budgets are stressed. Hospital re- readiness is, is, is expensive. What are we what are we looking at as California? What are we looking at as citizens of whatever state you live in? We're probably looking at higher taxes. I would imagine that you could expect for at least the next eight years, any politician who runs in local or federal elections like I'm going to have a covid plan. I'm going to have a pandemic plan. I'm going to have a hospital plan. I'm going to have a, a nurse or uh, uh, first responders plan. I, it's coming. It's, it's going to be a part of our, our way for a while. And how do you fund that? And if I'm a politician, let's say I'm the I'm I'm the great politician from San Mateo, California. Um, I think we should pay more taxes. OK, what are we going to tax? Go, sodas? Well, we already got a set of tax. We plastic. We already got a plastic tax. What are we going to what are we going to tax? Cigarettes. I already got a cigarette tax. How about more marijuana? Um, people will be like, sure, let the potheads fund our COVID relief plans. Let the potheads fund our, our schools. People don't mind taxes on stuff that they don't do. Tax it as much as you want. If we could tax crack cocaine, I don't know anyone who does crack cocaine. If we could tax it, we would. The sales of Americans' licensed pot producers are growing at, at faster rates in Canadian companies. So remember when Canada legalized marijuana? Part of legalizing marijuana was they had to legalize the business so banks, uh, Canadian banks could work with it. A lot of American companies have had to work around a federal government who still doesn't support what their state governments are supporting. You're going to see, I, I believe, more and more taxes and you're going to see more and more opportunities for recreational marijuana sales in the United States to pass. 
this year it looks like New Jersey and Arizona are going to pass it. Uh, recreational as well as medical. And I don't want to get into all the numbers. But you're talking about, you know, adding another $500 million to a billion dollars in uh, a state's budget every year from taxes on it. So when, you know, you see things like New York and Connecticut and Pennsylvania and New Mexico, they're going to follow suit because they're going to say, wow, New Jersey's legalized this. Therefore, I think we should legalize it because they got more money than we do. They're offering more services than we do. So I guess this is one big story wrapped into, it's like three stories wrapped into one, right? COVID, uh, marijuana to relax us, I guess. Uh, but taxing it, tax, 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 but also legalizing it so you can tax, 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 tax more of it. I don't know. That's something that's going to come out of COVID for sure. Um, and I think there's a company that I'm looking at I have not bought, but I'm looking at a company called DraftKings because as sports open back up and as gambling becomes more legal in America, because, again, tax it. Um Right now, I think seven or six or seven states legally allow sports betting, and you can do it with an app. And the guys who make one of the apps, who's kind of dominant, although there's not a lot of barriers to entry here, DraftKings, but they've partnered with a legal, like real casino. I think taxes are just, it's going to happen. And the casinos want it to happen because you're not going to come to the casinos, you're scared, so they want you to, they want a piece of the action online. Amazon is getting ready to report earnings. Interesting year for Amazon. How much money that they've made because of the pandemic where, I don't know, is it people just staying at home and saying, I'm going to buy stocks while I'm not working. I got to make a little extra trade. Or is it that their revenue is soared? Expectations to revenue are super high. We'll find out. We'll learn a lot about their Amazon web services. Company's commitment to spend four billion or more in the quarter for covering pandemic costs. So that's gonna be a one-time fee, right? You're looking at Amazon and you're like, well, they can not get COVID every year. That four billion dollars will eventually like they'll figure it out. But analysts have raised their price target aggressively in the 90 days. From three thousand to thirty five hundred is kind of like the typical move. Fulfillment by Amazon. They're doing adver advertisements now. So whenever you go to do a search, let's say you want to buy an Apple Watch and you, or let's say you want to buy a watch and an Apple Watch, a Samsung Watch, and a Google Watch all pop up. Bling! Amazon will say, like, here's the one we like, but here's the one that says ad all over it. They're paying to say that we like them kind of thing. Um, they make money on ads, good money. It used to be funny because the difference between Google, Google had this thing where like if I wanted to buy a new TV, I'd, I'd type in best TVs 2020. But now I just go to Amazon, I hit TV, I go highest rating um, and I, I see what people are getting for that kind of money. So Amazon's kind of taking that search, that ad search business from Google a little bit. I'm seeing price targets of 3500 3600 on Amazon. I'm not seeing a lot of weakness there. Uh, people are bullish. They're not, they're not bearish. So as they report numbers, we're going we're gonna to see how they did in the quarter. But again, they've got some special charges, like $4 billion to cover pandemic costs. Part of that, 
and this is controversial. They've installed some machines at some of their locations that can scan your body. And you know, there's like body scanners at the airport and like, oh, you're taking pictures of people's private parts. You're seeing through their clothes. Well, they're taking pictures of your skin and they're seeing how hot you are or not. How does that make you feel? You don't think of Amazon as that company, do you? Or do you? 800-516-1220 of each calls in the air. AMD's going to report earnings today. Wow. They've had a big move. Um, Intel had an embarrassing disclosure. Which, again, if you were a nerd, you kind of knew that Intel was having problems. But if you were just sitting back doing your everyday job, taking the kids to soccer, you may not have known. AMD stock is heading into the second quarter earnings at a record five-year high. That brings up a question. Five-year high. You look at a company like NVIDIA, and it's been making all-time highs every year for five years. AMD was this high five years ago, then it drops, 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 drops. And now it's back to its five-year high. That doesn't sound as appealing as an all-time high every year, right? So if you bought AMD five years ago, you're just now getting back to even. That's not good. But AMD is going to report earnings today. We're going to pay a lot of attention to their servers, their cloud, their video games, um, any segment that we can pay attention to. I love earnings season. AMD's in my argument, but because they're coming back to a five-year high and NVIDIA is hitting all-time highs, I prefer one over the other. But, again, we're all different investors. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. A webinar that Chad and I did about a week ago is now online for rebroadcast for this week only. You can check it out at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for myself. Rob Black, your money. All markets are pretty negative right now. Oil's lower, Russell 2000, NASDAQ, Dow, S500. Gold trading a little bit higher. Gold is a play on COVID. I got an email from someone yesterday who's like, Rob, I haven't bought gold ever. I'm thinking about buying it now. And I know you like, if you like to buy gold, you like to buy it on your simple GLD. I've never bought gold. I don't want gold. It's a very nice hedge for fear. Long term, I'm not afraid. Short term, I'd rather find something else. But I got an email from someone who's like, hey, I've never bought this and I'm thinking about buying it. Here's the problem. You're buying it at an all-time high. And it goes through these vicious cycles where it worked in the 80s. It worked in parts of the early 2000s. It works in 2020 due to COVID. It, it has really long periods of underperformance followed by intense periods of excitement. The gold coins have no interest to in me. None whatsoever. If you were if you were to say gold coin or baseball cards, I'd be like baseball cards. I'd rather invest in baseball cards. That's how much I don't like coins. And most people think of investing in gold as a coin play. 
be careful with that one. The commissions are very, very high. Quicken Loans, parent company, uh, Quicken Loans, the parent of Rocket Mortgage, said, we're going to spin off Rocket Mortgage and we're going to IPO it. Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, is setting himself up for a payday. That's going to be an IPO that I think is going to be very attractive. Uh, we'll talk about it as it gets closer. Uh, shares of U.S.-listed Chinese search engine Sogul pop 48% after Tencent's takeover offer. Chinese tech giant Tencent has proposed a takeover in ADR. Um, New York-listed Chinese search engine called SOGOU. China and the United States. Do you remember in the good old days when Trump had phase one of the trade deal done? On to phase two, on to phase three before the re-election. And then COVID hit and suddenly that's not going to happen. Pfizer shares are rising after better than expected earnings and higher 2020 outlook. Pfizer is also working on a COVID pandemic um, drug. But overall, their drugs were lower this quarter. As Americans are going to the doctor a lot less, we're afraid of the doctors. We don't want to go in there. We might get COVID and die. The Congress right now is showing us their COVID-19 stimulus number four. Four trillion. On to another trillion. And that's being done right in front of our faces. Um, so that's some good news to come in the short term. In the long term, it will probably push gold a little higher because of inflation. When you print money to cover your spending, it leads, in theory, to a weaker dollar, which plays into the inflation angle. 25% of cars in the United States are at least 16 years old. Ain't that amazing? I don't know one person who's got a 16-year-old car because I live in a vain part of the world. <laughs> But I love it. One in four cars are at least 16 years old, which is good news and bad news. It means we're going to be replacing our car soon. In the mid-1990s, 100,000 miles was about all you can get out of a car. Now at 100,000 miles, a vehicle's just getting broken in. Cars are getting better. In 2002, the average age of car was 9.6 years. A year, uh, 10 years ago, uh, it was 10.6 years. Now it's at 11.9. So in 20 years, it's gone from you'd keep a car for under 10 years to now you're keeping it roughly 12 years. That changes the dynamics of the industry now. When you're seeing a refresh on AMD, uh, not on AMD, excuse me, on Sony's PlayStation and Microsoft's Xbox, like you get about four or five years out of a console and then you need to refresh it. <clears throat> you get about 12 years now out of a car and then you have to refresh it. Um, the U.S. now has a record 280 million cars, trucks and SUVs registered with DMVs across the country. And we're looking at about 14 million new cars this year. A good year for the auto industry is about 16 to 17 million. 14 million is not the greatest year. And again, think about all the people who touch a car from the companies that, like, that make the steel to the companies that make the radios and the semiconductors inside the radios and the power steering modules. The car industry is a big industry in the United States, and we're using our cars longer. Therefore, it becomes less interesting to me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Congress... We get the Federal Reserve this week. We get Congress and testimony. We get 
earnings out of tech companies, that's what I'm looking forward to is Wednesday and um, Thursday of this week. Tonight, we're going to get AMD, Visa, eBay, Starbucks, FireEye, Akamai, Amgen, uh, Avis Budget. I know that's a horrible name, right? We know about Avis Car Rental and we know about Budget. Why did they merge and call it Avis Budget? To mess with me is the answer. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Cryptocurrencies are catapulting right now with Bitcoin and Ethereum making year-to-date highs. Ethereum is now up 100% for the year, making gold look silly. Bitcoin versus gold, right? Bitcoin's up 50% year-to-date with market cap right about $200 billion. So you have Zoom and you have Tesla and we're like, woohoo, we're all making money in Zoom and Tesla. And the cryptocurrency go, boys go, oh, yeah, we're making money over here too. What's interesting about that kind of gusto is maybe both shouldn't be working at the same time. Gold's making new highs. Silver's bounding higher. Crypto rally is enough to make you lose a little bit of confidence in the U.S. dollar, in my opinion. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. 